Here's a common thing that my mother would say to me. She go, here, Graham, she go a wee message for me, which is something I'm sure all your parents have said to you. Um, now, in Scotland, as Marion will tell you, a message, believe it or not, is shopping. And in your bag is your messages, because that's how they say. So she will then say that well-known phrase down here, can you go on down to Dalgleish's and get us four brides? I don't know how many times your mother has said that to you. Uh, uh, prob hundreds, probably. A bridey is like a Cornish pasty, but Scottish. And Scottish means, obviously, all the vegetables taken out. Uh, as you, yes, as you can imagine. But off I'd go down to Dalgleish's the butchers, which meant that it was a Thursday, because on Thursday, Mr. Dalgleish made bridies. And I would fetch back four bridies, and I'd have to put them in a bag because it'd still be warm out the oven. How good is that? Uh, anyway, off I'd go, and I'd be sent to get what I was sent to get. Of course, the important thing was that I did actually come back with four bridies, or a very good excuse. Uh, and uh, the usual excuse would have to have been they were all sold out. In which case my mother would say, well, I sent you down in plenty of time. What took you so long? So really, get bridies or just don't come home. You know, really that was kind of how it was. It sounds like a very simple principle, doesn't it? it I mean, let's be honest, it's a very simple principle. Go where you're sent and do what you're sent to do. I mean, that's not complicated, is it? You see, people say to me quite often, oh, I don't know. I don't know enough Bible, really, to understand what's going on. That's not that hard to understand. Go where you're sent, do what you were sent to do. How complicated is that? And yet, and yet, as we know. So Jesus sends out his disciples, and he sends them with very clear instructions, doesn't he? He says, I'm sending you into dangerous territory. I am indeed. I am sending you to a shop that you don't know to ask for something that you've never heard of. I'm sending you into dangerous territory. Don't take any comforts. Don't get distracted, offer peace, eat what you're given. When you find a place to stay, stay there. Heal the sick, tell them the kingdom of God is near. If you're rejected, move on. It's not your problem. That's fairly clear, isn't it? Not complicated. I like that, not complicated. So the disciples go out, and I want to just tell you some very simple principles. When they were sent, they went. If they stayed, they obeyed. I, I'm sorry I've made that too complicated for you. In fact, I can make it more complicated, because when they were sent, so they went, where they were sent. 
And if they stayed, they obeyed where they stayed. I'm not going to make it any more complicated than that for you. That's not too bad, is it? They were sent, so they went where they were sent. And if they stayed, they obeyed where they stayed. You could make a song of that, couldn't you? Be a little repetitive. But anyway, so this is what Jesus says. It's just go, says Jesus. And, and go is a big word, isn't it? Go. Um, but Jesus says it again, doesn't he, in the Great Commission? Go to the apostles and through the apostles to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation and now down to us. Go. Go into all the world. But it isn't keep moving. We're not called to be nomadic. We follow this principle. Everybody ends up somewhere. Or as Spike Milligan says, everybody has to be somewhere. Or as the AA say, wherever you go, there you are. So we end up somewhere. Go, said Jesus, and there's a purpose. We're sent, that's our purpose. We're sent to go, and we're on a mission. So we're not just here for our pleasure. This is, it's not about our entertainment. I have to tell you, though, anybody who says that following Jesus is boring hasn't followed Jesus. <laughs> following Jesus is not boring. And the more you follow Jesus, the more bizarre it gets, the more exciting it gets, the more adventurous it gets. I'm absolutely not kidding you. And it's excellent. I followed Jesus once. I ended up in the middle of the night, in the middle of the jungle, walking in water up to my neck with a pack on my head, looking out for alligators. And do you know what? It was a proper laugh. I had my mate Damien with me. And uh, Damien used to come all the time. And he, he kind of, Damien's one of those guys who goes in cycles about the thing that he's paranoid about. He's always paranoid about something, but it, it doesn't stay the same. So he'd been paranoid about snakes. Uh, he'd been paranoid about getting ill. He'd been paranoid about being robbed. But in this period, he was going through his, his alligator paranoia. So it was just impossible not to keep pointing out non-existent alligators uh, and, and, have him, and have him shout really angrily at me. Um, it, was, it was actually, I know that it sounds like it should be really scary, but to be honest, I, I was just laughing so much. My pack was soaking because I fell over twice. It was just, honestly, amazing that you follow Jesus and turn up somewhere like that. How does that happen? I know what you're thinking, because you're stupid, Graham. No, it was, it, it, it's amazing where you end up. It's amazing where you end up. I remember being on the 15th floor of a high-rise at 3 o'clock in the morning on Broadwater Farm in Tottenham the night after PC Blakelock was murdered. 
with no police escort because they said, frankly, you'll be safer without us, to tell a big, tall, taller than me guy that there had been an allegation that he was abusing his children. That's quite a scary thing, isn't it? Were you scared, Arlene? Yeah. Terrified, yes, I know. We're leaving London was Arlene's response to that. <laughs> but I'll tell you what happened. Said that to the guy, broke down. I'm not coping, he said. It's not true. The neighbors hear the kids crying. They think I'm doing something wrong, but I'm just not coping. Able to bless them. Go where you sent. But if you follow Jesus, if you follow Jesus, it's not boring. Trust me. The more you follow Jesus, the less boring it becomes. That's what I'm telling you. If your life following Jesus is boring, that's because you're not spending enough time following him. I, I don't mean to be harsh or judgmental in that sense. I'm just saying, the more we follow Jesus, the more interesting it becomes. It's not all about, you know, sort of mud and guts. And whatever, you know, other people find thing, other things really interesting. But God knows me, and he knows that I'm not interested in them. So our brother Keith Bowley here, he has blessed and been blessed through accounting and numbers and money. Nothing, nothing would make me want to cut my wrists more quickly than doing that in the name of Jesus or anybody else, frankly, but we're not the same, are we? But have you been on financial adventures, Keith, over and again and over and again? Indeed, the more we follow, the more adventures we go on. So don't worry, I'm not saying that you have to be like me. Um, but the more we follow, it's not boring. So we get sent on a mission, and we don't know where it's going to end up. We don't know where it's going to end up. But we have also been sent with a message, and here's the message. What is the message we've been sent with? Jesus saves. Jesus can change your life. There's a new life for you in Jesus. Do you believe that? Yes. That's an exciting thing to know, isn't it? Yes. Whose life can Jesus change? Anybody's. Wow. Do you think that you are aware of anybody who might benefit from Jesus changing their life? A nice, passionate, oh, yes, absolutely. But I agree. So do I. Okay, so we're not short of material then. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So here's the thing. We are sent. We are sent. We've been sent by Jesus, and currently we've ended up where? Yeah, yeah. Look around you. Here you are. You've been sent here. You guys are just visiting, but at least for this time, you've been sent here. Wherever you end up, that's where you've been sent. Okay, so um, congratulations, can I just say, on managing to be where you were sent. Well done. I, I think that's very good of you, uh, and you've done. 
you might be looking a little confused and going, I didn't realize I was sent here. I, I kind of came here for other reasons. The climate. <coughs> um, the, I, I, came, I came because of work. I came because uh, of the environment. I came because uh, I, was, I didn't get a choice. I was born here. Um, whatever it was. But in fact, here you are. So you were sent here. For today, for a week, for a year, for 30 years, like I've been here, but here you are. So we're sent where we are. Do you feel you've been sent here? Are you in the wrong place? I have to say that I have been sent to places, and I have had this discussion with God about how mistaken he is about what he, uh, Do you have those conversations? Do, do you ever have those conversations about God and his misjudgments? Yeah. I, I have to say that there are discussions in which I've so far never come out on top. However, it's not going to stop me trying. One day, you wait and see. I'm joking, of course. We need to go. So, where they stayed, so they went where they were sent. So you were sent here. This is you now. I don't know next year, I don't know the year after, don't any of that, but you were sent here. Do you agree? Some nods and can I hear a mmm? Were you sent here? Yes. No, were you sent here? Mm. Were you sent here? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so what was part two? And this is the important part. Where they stayed, what? They obeyed. They obeyed. Where they stayed, they obeyed. Okay. There's the tricky bit, isn't it? Washing up liquid is boring. Plumbing solder is embarrassing to ask for. I prefer sweets and coloring books. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But this is the idea. We were sent to tell people about Jesus. Were we not? We were sent to tell people about Jesus. Where were you sent? Here, or Derbyshire, or Nigeria, or the States, or wherever you find yourself, you were sent. To do what? To tell people about Jesus. That is our job. That's what we're sent to do. We make a living, we raise a family, we travel around, we look after people. That's all helpful. And then we tell people about Jesus because that's what we were sent to do. So here's the question, where are you now? Which places do you find yourself in? In your ordinary week, which places do you find yourself in? Is it work? Is it school? Is it various clubs, various organizations, charities that you help, sport that you do? That's where you've been sent. Who do you meet there? 
friends, new people, strangers, work colleagues, other family members. So far, you've got a list of people in your head. Here's a question. How many of them are receptive to the gospel? Do you know? How many of them are receptive to the gospel? Because here's the fantastic thing that Jesus says. Jesus says this, test the waters, and if people are receptive, stick at it. Test the waters, and if people aren't, move on. Okay, but what I'm just going to say is, this is not the plan. Once every 10 years, I'll prod a little at somebody about Jesus, and if they're not receptive, I'm off the hook then for this decade, and I can move on. That's not how it works. It is absolutely move on, move on, move on, move on. That's the principle. That we test the water. So it's good. we are not asked to plug away and plug away and plug away at people who are either, you know, unresponsive or even quite difficult to talk to or possibly even insulting. Or the alternative, which is plug away at people who are tremendously nice but never actually make any kind of decision. There's a point at which you, you know, stop doing it. Now, I'm not saying that you then completely disassociate with those people or even stop praying with them. But what I'm saying is, Jesus has not given us a particularly hard job. We test the waters. If somebody's open, then we say a bit more. If they're not, move on. I don't mean move on from the friendship or whatever, but move on from, you know, you're not under pressure. It's fantastic. However, do you actually know what to say? So do we know what the gospel is? Here's the gospel, nice and gentle. Our lives, yours and mine and everybody else's, has been damaged by sin. The sin that we do and the sin that is in the world. The most significant damage is this, that we are no longer able to have a relationship with God because of sin. But God loves us so much that He wanted to put that right. And when Jesus, God's Son, offered Himself as the sacrifice for our wrongdoing and then rose from the dead, there was no longer any reason to stay separated from God, except if we choose to. We can continue on our own way. But if we choose, then Jesus will resolve the difficulties between us and God. He'll also, if we let Him, help us to remove the difficulties that we have with ourselves. He gives new life, and then because we receive the Holy Spirit, we are given the power we need to live differently if we choose. I've said many times before, Christians aren't Christians because they think they're perfect. Christians are Christians because they know they are not. But praise God, that's the gospel. There's not a lot in that. Do you know that? It's great. It's, it's, it's a straightforward thing. So God made free will, and God did make free will. Only humans take free will away, and humans are very good at that. 
In fact, shockingly, we just, just the German government just literally over this weekend has issued advice to Jews in Germany not to wear skull caps in order to avoid being attacked. Humans take. That's an ominous thing to have to say, isn't it? But it's humans that take free will away. God does not. God gives us free will. However, there's always consequence. There's consequence in disobedience and consequence in obedience. The obedience consequence, believe it or not, is always, always better, even though sometimes the choice is quite scary. Okay, so how do we get started? We've been sent. I can't help that. Here you are. That's not my fault. But the bottom line is you've been sent here. If you want to be sent somewhere else, take it up with God. It's not my fault. And we're here to obey. And obeying means sharing Jesus. Are we, are we okay with that? So far, so far, good? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. We agree in principle, Graham. So here's the question. How do we make that first, just that first prod? Because I kind of get the impression with most of us here that if we got started, we'd do okay. It's kind of the hardest bit is getting started. Okay, well, that's okay. Remember, we just... A lot of people talk about finding the person of peace, but it's actually somebody who is open. Here's a few statements. I'm sure you can think of others. I find praying to Jesus helps, and I'll pray for you if you want. We can say that to people. I say that to people quite often, actually. It's not always easy, but Jesus can help. That's, that's quite a good one. Really? What do you mean? Or don't tell me any of that stuff. There, you've got your answer one way or the other. Ideal. Feel it out. Um, in my life, I take those kind of issues to Jesus. Fat lot of good that'll do you, mate. Move on. Really, how does that help? Say some more. That's not too complicated. Is that too complicated? Not too complicated. I know, I know you, even then we get nervous. Trust me, it's a spiritual war, but we can do that. Have you ever tried praying about that? Yes. Who did you pray to? No, and I never will. That's a load of nonsense. Move on. Yes, who did you pray to? And you're away. You're away. You started. Nice and easy. We were talking about just this situation in church recently. That's an interesting one to start with. It's just to feel it out. It's good. What about when people say, well, what did you do at the weekend? We had a great time on Sunday. Did you have a great time on Sunday? <laughs> Come on, guys, try a bit harder. <laughs> I had some time with Jesus and I feel much better now. I had some time with Jesus and I feel much better now. This was a good one. Me and Jif here's here's one I liked. Uh, me and Jesus defeated one of Satan's schemes. What did you do this weekend?
If that doesn't get them talking, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, that's for lightweights. <laughs> yes, man. But that's what we do. Every time we speak about Jesus, we put the evil one in his place. That's fantastic, isn't it? So what do you do? So there are lots of things that we just need to make that opening, and then we're gone. So we open up, we're sent with a message, we need to deliver it. And more than that, the Holy Spirit gives us the power to speak up. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to speak up. Now, a little word of warning here, if I may. It, how many of you are sort of bottle up people when you get cross? Where, where you don't really let it out and it has to bubble up and bubble up and bubble up and bubble out, right? Okay. I, I'm just guessing, okay, but I'm only guessing that occasionally when that top blows, inappropriate things get said. Is that, is that, am I being reasonable there? Yeah. Okay, well, the same thing happens if you put yourself under massive pressure to say something as an opener. So you're there and you're going, I have to say something, I have to say something, I have to say something, I have to say something. Next day, I have to say something. I have to, I've been coming to this workplace for 10 years. I haven't said, I've got to say something, I've got to say something, I've got to say something, I've got to say something. I have to say something. You're all going to burn in hell. <laughs> Somewhat inappropriate as an opening. But we've wound ourselves up into such a state that we say the wrong thing. That doesn't help. But Jesus gives us peace. Okay, there's some really firm evangelicals in your head thinking, yes, but they are. <laughs> Still not a good opening, guys. We just need something gentle. Okay, so I want to embarrass a couple of people in this church because there are, there's a couple in this church who are, for me, a, a shining example of people who are able to very naturally bring Jesus into all sorts of conversations. I've always admired that you can do that, and that's Don and Ro over in the corner there. And it's a fantastic thing. And I really appreciate you guys that you are able to talk about Jesus very naturally, and I've watched you do it with people. It's fantastic. So we have examples in this. I'm just going to say there's a good example of people who naturally talk about Jesus, even in times of trouble, in all sorts of occasions. And what I want to point out is that so far, as far as I know, neither of them has ever been stabbed to death for doing it. They are, they are remarkable in the fact that they have so far no tell people about Jesus' scars on their body at all it turns out to be remarkably safe. Which is exciting. Who knows, we might deliver the message and survive the experience. That would be fantastic. So anyway, finally, this is what, just what I want to say then. It's a step of faith. You're here, you have a message, it's time to deliver it. You know people, no matter what age you are, you know people. You've been sent to them. If they don't respond, that's not your responsibility. Jesus has let you off the hook for that. 
but you are still put in a position where you need to try. You need to start. And if it doesn't work, move on. We are sent people. So people who obey Jesus, they are, they, when they are sent, that's where they've gone. They went where they were sent. And when they stayed, they obeyed. That's our responsibility. If you're frightened, then that's okay, because that's the rest of us. If you don't know where to start, that's a conversation worth having. We did a course once, didn't we, Don? Good to go. Gave a lot of useful tips, didn't it? Maybe we should do that again. Yeah, maybe we should do that again. It was really helpful. There are, there's definitely things to help. There are booklets you can give people. There are, there's all sorts of things that we can do. The key is we take our life in our hands and we start, and who knows where it leads? Who knows where it leads? There are many people in this church today who came to Jesus because somebody risked life and limb and made a start. Hallelujah. Praise God for those people. Our turn as well. Okay, so thank you. Thank you for listening to what is not an easy thing to listen to, but it is, however, our great purpose. Where they were sent, they went. And where they stayed, they obeyed. Let's follow Jesus wherever He leads and do what it is that He sent us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, just help us. Give us courage. Help us to be bold and very courageous. Help us to overcome the bits that the enemy would put in our way, the fear, the embarrassment, the concern about reaction, the feeling that we're going to say something wrong or inappropriate. Lord, help us, as we've heard so often in the last few weeks, to rest in You, to, from a place of rest, just naturally talk about our friend Jesus, wherever we are and whoever we're with, and those whom your Holy Spirit opens up, Lord, help us to lead them on toward Jesus. We just pray in Jesus' name. Amen.